0: today on the bill kelly show on 900 chml it was an all-nighter at queens park uh, as they sat for a midnight session to debate bill 31 which of course is that bill that now famous bill to uh, try, attempt to reduce the toronto's uh, city council size uh, there were protests out there uh, it was uh, a little crazy inside of course the legislature and uh, well it's a. Uh, Politics unusual, I guess, is really the best way to describe this. Travis Durange is uh, the Queens Park Bureau Chief, of course, for Global News, uh, who was there for the whole session. He joins us on the Bill Keller Show to uh, paint a picture for us of this. Travis, thanks so much for the time. It's great to have you with us today.
1: Good morning to Yeah, it has been quite the evening slash morning. <laughs>
0: Uh, listen, I, I, you've been doing this for a long time, and you're an incredible reporter. You just uh, took over the Queen's Park Bureau Chief a little while ago. Did they tell you that this was going to be like this, that the, the hours were a little wacky? Well,
1: this is my second week at Global, and I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it has been <laughs> a wild ride. No, You know, uh, it, last night was unlike anything that I have ever seen uh, at this building. Even down at City Hall, there were protesters outside Uh, chanting let us in. I actually was in the press gallery inside the chamber, and I could hear this, something going on outside, and then I, I, I listened a little bit closer, and then I heard the chant, so I ran downstairs to see what was going on. There were hundreds of people lined up, uh, outside Queen's Park trying to get into the public gallery. Uh, meanwhile, in the public gallery, there were protests as well. So it was uh, it was a, a huge scene inside and outside all night long.
0: Well, and, and for those who follow you on Twitter, of course, I know you tweeted a, a, a little video of that just about four hours ago, and uh, it's, it's fascinating because it really gives you a sense of the, really a sense of drama that was going on there last night.
1: Yeah, it certainly was, and, you know, it's, it was kind of surreal when I, when I got here. I got here at about nine o'clock or so, uh, and you know there was a couple people kind of milling about the the front, but nothing like what we saw closer to midnight. I came out afterwards, went up to my office for a, a quick moment, and then uh, I came back down. There was uh, uh, a woman dressed up as Cinderella and another woman dressed up as Prince Charming. They had a, a clock waiting to strike midnight, and they had a, a little book with a uh, Charter of Rights written on it. They said, well, what are you guys doing here? They're saying, well, we heard about this fairy tale called the Charter of Rights. We believe in it, and we want to see if it still exists uh, after, after midnight. Um, that, that was going on while debate uh, started in the House. Uh, things got pretty ruckus very quickly. As soon as the debate started, uh, former MPP Sherry DeNovo, she stood up and started uh, you know, railing into the premier and to the PC government saying that this is not what democracy should look like. She quickly got escorted out. Uh, Then things were calm for a little bit, and then more protests in the public gallery, and eventually the Speaker had to shut things down uh, and didn't let anyone else into the public gallery, and obviously that that created a lot of tension outside. Toronto police officers had to be called in, uh, and there were some scuffles.
0: Now, I knew you were expecting protesters. I mean, because we saw that earlier in the week, of course, with some of the folks that, uh, that were protesting the, uh, the government action here. But the costumes might have been a different twist. This is kind of a combination protest and Rocky Horror Picture Show, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it certainly was. You know, there were people dressed up in pajamas. They lay down in a, a row at one point, and they're doing some construction here around part of the building, some renovation. So they have some plywood up. And there, were, there was like a row of people who were slamming their feet in pajamas, on on this uh, plywood board, uh, chanting "Let us in," uh, you know. Uh, Notwithstanding, we are standing. So it, it was it was something to see for sure, and it went on. I have to say, for hours and hours on end, uh, up until about uh, six o'clock in the morning or so. Uh, at one point during the evening, the leader of the official opposition, Andrea Horvath, she actually left the chamber and came outside to address the protesters. Uh, she was quite popular with them. Uh, as you would imagine and she said you know uh I am glad that you're here I'm glad that you're standing up for democracy the premier while all of this was going on and also while andrew Horvath was really railing against the the PCs he was calm cool and collected he was just kind of milling about the back benches meeting with people laughing jim wilson uh, one of the ministers was in the the front uh reading a paper while all this was going on so it was quite something to see
0: uh, let's talk about what happened in there, then, and, and the reason for this. I mean, quite aside from this, the sideshow show that was going on on the front of Queens Park there, uh, this was obviously to try to move this bill along. You know, as you've reported earlier through the week, Travis, there's been a lot of pushback on this already, and the consensus, the legal consensus, seems to be yeah it might be legal, but it's the wrong thing at the wrong time to do and 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 And, as you reported earlier uh you know we've we've had lawyers associations uh, petitions from lawyers uh and judicial experts that have weighed in on this right now. Did the government talk about that or address any of that last night?
1: So the government really feels that they are within their legal rights uh, and, and to you know a certain degree their moral right and their political right to to do this i mean Doug Ford didn't specifically campaign on this, but what he is saying is that he campaigned on uh, leaner, efficient government, and this is, you know, one of the. He uh, says that Toronto is really the the engine that drives the Ontario economy, and so if city hall is not moving efficiently, which he does not think it is, but other people would disagree with that. Then, then the, the province can't can't run. So he wants to ensure that that happens. You know, a lot of people have questioned whether or not this particular issue is the right issue to invoke uh, the notwithstanding clause, section 33 of the charter. He believes it is, and that opens the door to, you know, the question, can, can it be used again, and will he use it again? He has certainly not shut that door.
0: You, you mentioned about the Premier just kind of uh, going around, talking to some of his uh, his backbenchers, and, and Jim Wilson, uh, his economic development minister, sitting there reading a newspaper. Uh, th- there's a sense of inevitability here, isn't there, Travis? I mean, they have a majority government. They, they're they going through the process of second and third reading. Uh, and, unless something dramatic happens, and that's not likely, this thing's going to pass.
1: And, and I think everyone uh, everyone on all sides really understands that. I, I think that, you know, the opposition may be, unhappy with it but they they are fully aware and you know uh Ms. Forvat has admitted to this they don't have a lot of tools at this point they tried to adjourn the house uh briefly uh, and they, and they, they were successful for about a half an hour or so, but of course they don't have majority. So you know they, they pushed for adjournment, that did not happen, and uh, you know things went till seven o'clock in the morning. There is a sense of inevitability here, uh, and and the PCs want to get this done as swiftly and quickly as possible because it's one of the uh, boxes on Mr. Ford's checklist that he wants to check off. And the quicker he can do that, the quicker he can get to other things. And so they're hoping that they can vote on this either Thursday. Or this coming Monday.
0: By the way it may sound like a, a small point but it's something that's been t- nagging at me and I've, I've been trying to go over some of the stuff that you've been filing and, and they've been talking about on, on, on Global over the weekend. Uh, has the government actually explained how a smaller uh, city council is actually going to be more efficient? I mean I know the numbers are going to be smaller but that's something that the premier has been hammering and it's while well, it's going to be smaller and more efficient. Uh, uh, I, I'm waiting for an explanation. and I haven't seen one yet. Have but- you?
1: So he he says, and he's, of course, coming from a business background, and, of course, he was a city councillor, and his uh, his brother, the late Rob Ford, was the mayor of Toronto. He says that, you know, if you're on a board of directors, you've got a a small number of people, and the bigger that board becomes, the more difficult uh, the debate becomes, um, and it's tougher to get uh, any decision made. And so he says from his time at City Hall and from his time in business, he has observed that if you have a leaner, more efficient, Board or council decisions get made more quickly. because there's 25, uh, you know, MPPs for Toronto. There's 25 MPs. There should be 25 city councillors. And he points to uh, you know uh, large cities like Los Angeles, who have a small number of councillors, and says things can can work, uh, you know, as efficiently when you've got a smaller number of councillors. Should note though that in Los Angeles, uh, you know, the the councillors there have a large number of staff. In Toronto, right now, we city council is about three or four staff members so they will likely cut the size of council and reduce that but the numbers of staff members that each councilor will have will have to likely increase
0: well and you've talked about that and i certainly did i was on hamilton city council here of course when amalgamation uh was foisted on on this city and of course toronto went through that a couple of years before hamilton did and and that was part of the selling job at that time if you recall travis well it's going to save taxpayers a lot of money well in fact it ended up costing more uh, because, as you say, they've got, to, they've got to increase staff to try to cover the workload. And uh, then you've got people that are going to take retirements and their buyout packages. It can get into a real financial quagmire. But th- nobody seems to be talking about that in this discussion.
1: He says that this is going to save $25 million in salaries and, and other savings. Uh, you know, the, the critics would would uh, contest that, say that that, that, that there's no real uh, proof to putting when it comes to that figure. But, you know, the, the big question that a lot of people have, they, they're not questioning whether or not he has a right to do this and, he, and you know, the, the provincial government can do this. It's the timing of all of it. With the election slated to be for October 22nd, um, why is he doing this now? Why did he not wait until uh, the, the next election? And the city clerk, for her, her part, you know, she right now is kind of, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, Right now, they're in the 47 model when this legislation passes. If it passes, they'll be back to 25, and so she's kind of been in flux with that, so much so that she has retained her own lawyer because she's responsible. It's on her to run a fair election, and she doesn't know whether or not she can actually do that for October 22nd.
0: this is a pretty tight time frame they talked about, though, isn't it? If if this bill passes, and and I heard you reporting earlier that it could be as early as Thursday of this week, uh, they've only got, what, 48 hours to decide whether or not they're going to run in the election and, and in what area they're going to run?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Jen Hollett, who is a former NDP, uh, uh, NDPer, and also she used to be with Twitter Canada. She was here. She was also a much music DJ way back in the day. She was here, and, and she's one of uh, a couple of uh, candidates right now that are not registered to run in the 25 ward election, she's registered to run on the 47. And so, uh, you know, she's kind of in limbo right now, doesn't know whether or not she's going to be able to run because uh, the, the the deadline for that to sign up for the 25, I think, was the, the 14th. And now, of course, we're going to pass that date possibly. Um, and so, where does that leave things? So, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of people that are in limbo right now. Um, but, uh, Doug Ford, the premier, he is set on doing this, and you're likely not to see him uh, really turn back on that at all, despite the protests and despite all the theatrics that we saw here last night.
0: Travis, are there any other uh, parliamentary tricks that, that the opposition can pull here to try to delay this? Uh, I, uh, I mean, I, as you know, I know they tried to adjourn last night, and, and that obviously created a bit of a debate, but that was only about a half hour, 40 minutes, I think, as you as you were talking about. But uh, and, any other tactics they can do to try to, to move this thing forward and, and, and maybe miss that deadline? Any other tricks in the bag?
1: There, there, there's not much left in the bag. You know, they've tried all of the legislative tools that they've got at this point, um, you know you saw last week, I guess it was at this point kind of time is uh kind of blurring altogether for me um but you know you saw the n d p slamming their 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 uh desks and uh getting kicked out one by one. that was one tactic, and then of course the adjournment today for a little while but really they 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 can't do a whole lot um The other thing I think we talked about this when I was on with you the other day uh, is that all the leaders of the main parties are are leaving at a tonight or tomorrow morning to go down to the Chatham-Kent area for this plowing match, which is a bit surreal to some people that they are going to do that while this major issue, which is a huge priority for the government, at least to say it is, um, is before them, and they're they're going to uh, hop on tractors. But they, you know, they they also uh, are cognizant of the fact that they they can't alienate uh, folks in rural communities in this province, and so they want to do that. Uh, not only because they want to talk to some of those folks, but for for the optics of it as well.
0: That's rather bizarre, and I know for people that have lived in urban areas, they may not be able to relate to that. But it was it is one of the things that I found rather interesting about this whole thing that they're not looking at the deadline about whether or not this is going to be convenient for people running in the Toronto elections. It's hey, we have to get down there for that plowing match. But you're right; <laughs> traditionally, it's been a photo op for all the party leaders, and it is a big deal in, in southwestern Ontario.
1: Yeah, and I don't think they want to break with tradition because I think that, you know, some of the rural voters might look at that and say, okay, uh, you know, city business, these city slickers they're taking over, um, and we have legitimate concerns as well, and this is one of the opportunities where we get to meet with the leaders, we get to, to talk to them one-on-one about our concerns uh, and, and have a little fun as well. So I think it's important to the folks in that community, and it's also clearly important to the leaders uh, of all these parties uh, to to get down there, but certainly we did put that question to uh each of the leaders and you know, they're all kind of pointing to the others and saying, Well, you know, the NDP wanna go and the Liberals wanna go and and the NDP are saying vice versa, that the PCs wanna go down.
0: You, an all-nighter again, and and boy, this, is, this has been bizarre for just about everybody. You've just about had time after all the reports you've been filing in, on Global Stations and on uh, the Global Morning Show. What do you get, time to change your shirt, grab a quick breakfast? Because these guys are back to work later this morning, aren't they? N-
1: not quite yet. And what time is it here right now? It's 9.22. They're back at it in about an hour or so for question period. I just got off the phone with uh, the Director of Communications for... The premier, I said, is Mr. Ford actually going to be there or is he going to be napping? Uh, he is going to be in question period, apparently, and so is the leader of the opposition. So uh, they, they probably grabbed a quick coffee, a shower, and they are they are back at it. The House is going to adjourn, though, likely at, at 2 o'clock this afternoon so folks can get down to the Chatham-Kent area. I actually am going to be going I'm getting up bright and early tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., to head down there to cover that.
0: Well, and you'll be covering the question period as well, so I'm going to let you go and get that change, (laughs) of shirt and and a quick breakfast. Travis, thanks as always. Great reporting all through the night. I appreciate the time today.
1: Anytime, Bill. Appreciate it. Take care.
0: Travis Darange. of course, the Queen's Park Bureau Chief of Global News. Very, very weird stuff going on at Queen's Park.
1: The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.